When it comes to bone health, we all know calcium is at the top of the list. But like many things in life, it can be complicated. How much is enough? Can you get too much? And what does it do beyond strengthen our bones? I'm your host, Crystal Lamb, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. David Hanley about our calcium needs. Dr. Hanley is a professor emeritus and a member of the Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism in the Department of Medicine at the University of Calgary. He is also the past chair of Osteoporosis Canada's Scientific Advisory Council. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hanley. It is so nice to have you here with us. Thank you for asking me here. So first, let's start with some of the basics, because I know this is a topic that people are going to have a lot of interest in. And so the very basic thing is, what is calcium and why is it important to our bodies? Calcium is uh, one of the elements. And in particular, uh, calcium is important for us because we need calcium ion for most cellular functions in the body. We need it for muscle contraction. We need it for normal nerve conduction. And of course, we need it for our skeletons because calcium and phosphate are the uh, two major components of the mineral in our skeletons. And without that, we would just be a, a blob of jelly. So that is definitely very important. We don't want to be blobs of jelly for sure. And I know from doing this show and from talking to so many different doctors, we always hear that we need to get enough calcium. The media tells us this. Everyone tells us we need to get enough calcium. So what is the amount of calcium we need? Where do we get this calcium? What are some of the things we need to know about calcium to keep ourselves healthy? Well, calcium is uh, probably all around us. I, I live in Calgary and our mountains west of us are mainly limestone, which is calcium carbonate. But we obviously get calcium from our food and I guess one of the most common sources uh, that we have and, and a calcium-rich source would be dairy products, but that's not the only uh, source uh, of calcium. There are a number of vegetable sources. For example, uh, the ancients would grind grains for flour, and they would do that on stone, which would impart a lot of calcium to the grain or to the flour. So there are all kinds of sources of calcium. You know, it, I shouldn't try to go through the list of all the, all the foods. The Osteoporosis Canada has a nice calcium calculator available to you. As adults, we absorb about 30% of the calcium in our diet. And that's what the recommendations for calcium intake are based upon, at least for adults. So uh, Health Canada has suggested that ideally we should have an intake of about 1,200 milligrams of calcium per day. And as I say, that's based on the idea that we might absorb about a third of it. We probably can get away with less than that. If there is any such thing as a typical Canadian diet, one without dairy products typically uh, gives us about 400 milligrams of calcium a day. And then, you know, a very easy way to get up there would be a cup of milk provides 300 milligrams or a cup of yogurt or a cup of one of our fortified beverages that have calcium in them. And uh, so that it doesn't take more than a couple of glasses of, of milk or, or cups of yogurt to get there. 
there are some questions about whether we really need that much calcium in the diet. But it's pretty clear that if you don't get adequate amounts of calcium, your skeleton, which is your body's storehouse of calcium, will be sacrificed to maintain your blood calcium. And it's extremely important for your blood calcium or extracellular fluid calcium level to be maintained. And if it's too low, uh, you begin to run into significant health problems. That's a really good point. And I wonder if people who are listening might have been suggested supplements. Is it something that you should be thinking about in particular if maybe you're someone who doesn't have dairy in your diet or can't have dairy in your diet? Are supplements absorbed differently? Are there things we need to think about? Supplements are a reasonable source, but before leaping right to supplements, I think people should have a look at the other source, dietary sources of calcium uh, if they're not consuming uh, dairy products, because it's certainly possible to get adequate amounts of calcium without taking supplements. That being said, if you are going to take a calcium supplement, you need to note how much actual calcium is being delivered. For example, uh, calcium carbonate is 40% calcium and 60% carbonate. And calcium citrate, the percentage is quite a bit lower. So when you look at a calcium supplement, you should look at how much elemental calcium is present. And that's the way they're usually marketed. For example, in, uh, in a recent vitamin D study that our group uh, conducted, we used calcium citrate supplements for people whose calcium diet was not adequate, and those provided 300 milligrams of elemental calcium per tablet. And I think when we're talking about calcium and supplements and these sorts of things, it's also really important to talk about what happens if you get too much calcium, because we rarely talk about that, but that can be a problem, correct? That's right. And I think when Health Canada made the recommendation uh, for 1,200 milligrams for adults, they also set an upper limit of probably around 2,500 grams. The higher your calcium intake, the more likely it is that uh, your body will recognize that that's too much. And uh, we have a hormone system that regulates your blood calcium at a certain level, uh, and that's parathyroid hormone primarily. Now, if your blood calcium is too low, parathyroid hormone signals your kidneys to retain calcium so that you don't lose calcium in the urine. It signals your kidneys to make the active form of vitamin D so you absorb more calcium from your diet. And it signals your bone to start turning over the bone and releasing calcium. Conversely, if you've got, got too much calcium, parathyroid hormone uh, levels go down, your kidney starts to release more calcium into the urine. And if you're getting too much calcium, that may mean that you have too much calcium in the urine and you're at higher risk for kidney stones or kidney damage. And also, of course, if the parathyroid level goes low and your blood calcium gets a little high, then uh, you stop making the active form of vitamin D. So my understanding is that this is called hypercalcemia and hypocalcemia. And I'm assuming, because I spend most of my time working in the diabetes field, that it's similar to hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia, which I think a lot of people may be familiar with because we hear about that a lot when our family members have diabetes. So is, is that correct? It's hypo and hyper? Yeah. So hypocalcemia means your, your blood calcium level is too low and 
hypercalcemia means it's too high. And as I mentioned, the parathyroid hormone keeps it at a very tight level uh, uh, normally to maintain adequate calcium levels outside the, the body's, the muscle cells and the nerve cells and maintain normal muscle and nerve contraction. And I think, again, like it's so interesting to me because we don't talk about too much calcium very often. Like we don't talk about that as being a problem, but who is most likely to develop that? If you're on a certain medication, is it more likely? Just so people know, how do they watch out for that? Well, there are some medications that will raise the blood calcium. Certain kinds of diuretics will do that. And that obviously uh, too much vitamin D can certainly raise your, your blood calcium. So if I'm someone who's listening, how do I know if this is happening? How do I know if I might be at risk? Are there symptoms? What should you be looking for? Or do you just really need to be mindful of how much your calcium intake is? Yeah, well, I think you need to be mindful of how much calcium you're taking in and, uh, and also vitamin D. But for uh, a lot of people with high calcium, there are really no symptoms until it gets really high. When it gets really high, then it starts to interfere with your cognition, your, your mental function, because as I mentioned, it will turn off parathyroid hormone and your kidney will release more calcium into the urine and calcium and sodium move together in the urine and so does water. So you start to go to the bathroom more frequently, just like you do if your blood sugar is too high. But those are late symptoms. And for most people, uh, a high blood calcium is a moderately common medical problem. But it's really only, for many people, it's only detected with a blood test. But it's not something that people need to be worried about unless they are taking huge amounts of calcium. And is it something that could happen from eating too much dairy? Or is that something that really, this is more about supplements? Yeah, I think it's more about supplements. And if you are getting a high blood calcium related to diet, it might be because there might be something else going on as well. But you know, I do recall one, uh, one of my patients who had uh, a condition that made him make too much of the active form of vitamin D. And he also consumed two to three large boxes of ice cream per day. <laughs> And he had a very high uh, uh, blood calcium. So yeah, you can get it from too much food that contains calcium, but it's much harder to do that. That is good to know, though, because I think people always hear about these things and then they worry, but it's much more something we should do um, if we're on supplements. And I always like to ask people who are dealing with patients in this area, a lot of times people worry about telling their doctor about supplements or they don't think to tell their doctor about what supplements they're taking. Like they may be taking calcium and vitamin D and never mention it to their physician until they realize that that could be a problem. Why is it important to tell your family doctor if you're taking those things? Well, yeah, it, it is very important because some of our, our supplements can actually uh, uh, interact with uh, other medications you might be taking. And, you know, not necessarily, I'm not talking necessarily about calcium or magnesium supplements, but your physician needs a complete understanding of what you are taking. Uh, because, for example, uh, if you were using a thiazide diuretic and also taking a large amount of calcium supplement, that might cause a high blood calcium. So really important to think about. 
And I guess for someone who is living with osteoporosis, if they were to develop hypercalcemia, obviously it would be something they would have to worry about, but how would it affect their management? Do they have to manage their osteoporosis differently in that case? Well, assuming they're taking a normal amount of, uh, of supplement or not even taking calcium supplements at all, and if their blood calcium is high, that really requires a medical investigation because there's a condition known as hyperparathyroidism, the parathyroid gland making too much parathyroid hormone, that's relatively common, and it's more common as we get older. And that's actually a potential cause of worsening of, of osteoporosis. So it needs to be investigated, and fortunately, it's relatively easily treated, uh, often requiring surgery, but it's relatively minor surgery. Once every two years that you get your thyroid levels checked, I would assume. Is that when they would discover that? I'm not sure how often physicians check blood calcium, but I would include that as part of a, particularly in an older adult, I would include that as part of a, a general workup, calcium and phosphate levels. And so here's an interesting question, because I'm thinking about someone with osteoporosis who might be listening to this and who might be worried that they, you know, had hyper or hypocalcemia and wondering, do I still need to think about how much calcium supplementation I get? How do I make the decisions around how much calcium I get if I have one of those conditions? If you have hypocalcemia or hypercalcemia? Well, I think at that stage, calcium supplementation uh, is probably uh, a less important part of the medical approach to it. Certainly, a measuring a blood calcium is part of the workup for uh, a patient who presents with osteoporosis to a doctor. And if the calcium is high, that would suggest, uh, well, the most likely cause is primary hyperparathyroidism. But there are other things that can cause that, including some cancers. If the blood calcium is low, an underactive parathyroid gland is, is a fairly rare condition. But also important is poor absorption of calcium. And, and other nutrients. And we're finding the condition of celiac disease and gluten sensitivity to be uh, more common than we once thought. And, uh, and certainly one cause of a low blood calcium might be a uh, poor intake of calcium or poor absorption of calcium from a normal diet and low vitamin D levels as well. So that the bottom line is that uh, if in the uh, physician assessment of someone with, with osteoporosis, they're discovered to have a lower high blood calcium, that needs further investigation to look for the cause. And is there any advice that you give to people who are living with osteoporosis when they're thinking about calcium or even people who might be at risk for osteoporosis? So getting away from some of the less likely things, but just in general, are there things that you talk to your patients about that they might consider helpful? Well, I think uh, going back to what we started with, you know, for example, using the calcium calculator that's available on the Osteoporosis Canada website to make sure you are getting an adequate amount of calcium. And, you know, because we live as far north as we do and don't get a lot of sun exposure in winter, I think it is important for us to have adequate amounts of vitamin D. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. This was a really interesting topic, and I really enjoyed speaking with you. Okay, well, thanks for the opportunity to sound off. 
I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. David Hanley about too much or too little calcium. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.